0: So let me begin with with our vision statement. To see people in our world coming alive in the love of God as modeled by Jesus. That is what we want to see. It's it's a long-term goal. It's also an everyday goal. For instance, I hope and trust that by virtue of being part of this community, every time we gather, every time you're journeying into life, uh, knowing that this is your family of faith, there is something in you that is equipped and empowered and awakened um, to to uh, um, to connect with God in a broader way, to come alive in God's love, so to speak. I was remembering even the, the theme we had as we began the year 2023. It was just called a more wholehearted way, reflecting on Jesus saying, I have come that you may have life in abundance. And so in little examples like those, we gather as a church to increasingly come alive in the love of God. And as we come alive, we are also to step into the world around us as agents of love and whole making and healing and, and repairing God's world. Together and so the world around us comes alive, and that's the vision. Then we have a mission statement, a statement that says this is how we are leaning towards that vision. And so we say uh, our, our mission is to be a way of love through community, spirituality, and compassionate engagement. To be a movement of God's love, we 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 gain that uh, in community turning to one another, carrying one another as we spoke last week, um, and in, in spirituality, connecting with God in a meaningful way and compassionate engagement, stepping into the world with God's love and presence. So this week, we're talking about spirituality. And... Uh, Of those three, community, spirituality, and compassionate engagement, I think spirituality can be the most difficult to describe because it's abstract. On one hand, it appears very simple. After all, a church exists to connect people to God in a meaningful way. You know, we all get that. But then, on that same note, what is that? What does that look like? How does that work out? And you can discover it's a very, very broad and and complex conversation. And so today we'll just explore a part of it. After all, spirituality is talking about God and God is big and broad and the conversation can be vast. So we are going to explore what's at what's at the heart of it. Let me begin with an old Yiddish story that I came across and it made me think about today's conversation. It's about a man called Azik, the son of Reb, Yakol of Kakro. Azik, one night, dreamed that he saw a great treasure hidden under the Praga side of the Warsaw Bridge. So he woke up early the next morning and went to Warsaw. When he got to the bridge, he wanted to go to the spot where he had dreamed the treasure was hidden. But lo and behold, there was a watchman standing on guard there. And so Azik paced up and down, bidding his time, hoping that the watchman will leave. But the watchman did not budge the whole day into the night. In fact, the watchman spotted the odd behavior of Azik and actually walked up to him and asked him, What are you doing here? Azik told him the truth. Last night I dreamed that there is a great treasure hidden on this side of the Warsaw Bridge, and that's why I came. To which the watchman replied, funny, because last night I also dreamed of a treasure. But this treasure was actually I- hidden in the oven of a man called Azik, son of Reb Yakol of Kakru. And to his astonishment, Azik turned around, went home, opened his oven, and sure enough, there was a great treasure in the oven. And Azik lived happily ever after, a wealthy life. When I first read that story, I started wondering. I wonder whether Azik had lived, that was the house he grew up in. Could it have been that the parents put the treasure there? Or maybe his grandparents house bugged by who put the treasure in the oven. Could it have been that they bought the oven in a second-hand store and somehow the treasure happened to be there? Could it have been that someone was running away and hid the treasure? But then as I was wondering about the treasure, I realized that I'm missing the whole point of the story. The point of the story is there was a treasure in the oven. And when Azik laid hold of the treasure, he lived an enriched life. The deeper point of the story is that the treasure we seek is hidden in plain sight, but we would rather travel far and wide looking for it. The treasure we seek is within us. As Christ would say, the kingdom of God is within you, is near you. But sometimes we want to explore greater, broader mysteries. Uh, rather than just looking in the oven of all places in the everyday ordinary and remarkable and, um, you know, just ordinary moments. That's why it is. Could it be the same story of what Christian spirituality is? It has been said that uh, if you ask Christians, what does it mean to be a Christian? They will very much excel in describing what they believe in. To be a Christian is to believe in God, to believe in Jesus, but they won't do a good job in explaining what it means to live the Christian life. And so they lean hard on doctrines and theologies and belief systems instead of the Christian life. And so I even think today for us, perhaps the most helpful, the more helpful question is what is a Christian life? What does it look like? Because when you begin to describe it, you're describing um, Christian spirituality. Uh, So one passage from the scripture that stands out more than others in how it attempts to describe what, uh, what Christian spirituality is, is Philippians chapter two, verse five to 11. And that's what we'll look at today, Philippians two, five to 11. Philippians 2, 5 to 11. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Bible scholars say that this passage was a hymn, a hymn that the early church would sing and gather. And so isn't it amazing that Paul captured it so well for us, one of the most ancient Christian hymns of the first century. I can only imagine what the music to it sounded like. But it's such a profound passage that tells us about the journey of Christ, about the the, the about what Christian spirituality is. One of the things about Christian, the Christian life is that the Christian life, the point of the Christian life is Jesus, period. It starts, it's guided, it concludes in Jesus. The real treasure in the oven is Jesus. Jesus is also the how of the Christian life. Jesus is also the path of, the Christi- of, this, of our spiritual journey. We look to him for help as we make our journey, but we also look to him Um, to discover what it looks like to be, to live a profoundly spiritual life, loving life, a profoundly, a deeply human journey. Uh, There's a lovely passage in the book, Surrendering to Love by David Benner, that when I read that paragraph, I thought I had just read Philippians chapter two, verse five to 11, just in different words. And so this is the quote. Christian spirituality is taking on the mind mind and heart of Christ as we recognize Christ as the deepest truth of our being. It is actualizing the Christ who is in us. It is becoming fully and deeply human. It is experiencing and responding to the world through the mind and heart of God as we align ourselves with God's transformational agenda of making all things new in Christ. It is participating in the very life of God. I just thought this is such a beautiful commentary on Philippians 2, 5 to 11. This is what Christian spirituality is. Philippians 2, 5 to 11 tells us this is the journey of Jesus. David Benner tells us this is what then it looks like to live the Christian life. And he points out five things about what Christian, what Christian spirituality is about. Number one, he says it's about taking on the mind and heart of Christ as we recognize Christ as the deepest truth of our being. Then number two, he says it is actualizing the Christ who is in us. It is becoming fully human, number three. It is experiencing and responding to the world through the mind and heart of God as we align ourselves with God's transformational agenda of making all things new in Christ. And then five, he says, it is participating in the very life of God. I started out this sermon reflecting and commenting on each of those five things. Then I realized um, they all draw from the first point, taking on the mind and heart of Christ As the deepest truth of our being. And maybe today we can hang on that. We can hang around that. What does that really mean? Taking on the mind of Christ. And Paul says, Let this mind of Christ, this mind be in you, as was in Christ Jesus. So taking it on. What does that look like? So I want to invite you today to a thought experiment. Imagine with me if it were possible to swap minds. If the way God made you, somehow we could unscrew a few screws around our head and lift the cup of our head and place it down gently. And we also, it, were, it was possible to lift up our minds, right? Without any harm and damage and put it in a cooler box or some very nice sophisticated storage. And there in front of us would be a sample, a mind, written, the mind of Christ. And then you would lift it and place it gently back. Pick up the cup of your head, screw it back in. Restore the makeup. And for some reason, you would activate it with a switch at the back of your mind and it would come live. Are you with me, up to there? And you would have a new mind, the mind of Christ. What would change about your thinking? What would change about how you see the world around you? What would change about how you think and feel about yourself, about those who you relate with? How would you move into the world if the same mind of Christ was the same mind that was in you? Now imagine that it's not just your mind that got a change was your heart also, the seat of your emotions, Um, how how would you feel and experience life? That it was not just even the heart, it would go deeper to the very core of your being, to your soul. Who would you be where the source of who you are became transformed and changed? You would be a completely new being, all that you are. All that you think, how you experience life would be radically changed. You wouldn't even recognize yourself. Yeah? What would happen to worry and anxiety that so often creeps in our lives and restlessness? What would happen to anger and rage that sometimes just burdens us? What would happen to all the unhelpful, addictive self-defeating thoughts and emotions that we that seem to loop in our minds in fact someone once said that uh, human beings only have seven thoughts that keep looping throughout their life i don't know how true is that is i've always tried to wonder, cut myself and see if I just have seven thoughts but the truth of it is that we are addicted to certain ways of thinking and feeling now imagine Christ just renews all that imagine what would be your dominant thoughts and feelings and impulses of your new self I imagine you'd have such a trustful posture on God's steadfast love such a deep connection with who God is You'd have a mind of peace and strength, a greater capacity to love and forgive. Such a depth of love that you can't even define where where it's from, a sense of security and restfulness because there's a certain wholeness and oneness within you. There's no insecurity. You're just grounded in, you just feel like there's this union between you and God. And you'd have so much joy. Imagine who you would be at home, or even when you're just alone with by yourself, with your loved ones, with your family, at work, uh, in your neighborhoods, or even simply in the broader society. Yeah, imagine who you'd be. And the more I think about it, the more the fruit of the spirit come to mind as attributes that would define this new self we're experiencing. Yeah? In fact, uh, as I thought about it, perhaps even better way of saying the mind of Christ is to say the Christ self in us is almost putting on a whole new self. Yeah? And so we would be defined by love, joy, and peace, patience, kindness, and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And those things would be working out in our lives. It would also be a path of humility and surrender. When we look at Philippians chapter 2, from verse 5 to 11. It is really at the heart of it, a passage of identity, who Jesus was and who he became, right? And we're also invited to the same journey. And that journey involved a process of surrender, a process of letting go. Yes, Jesus had deity within him, but he let that go and clothed it in humanity, yeah, and humbled himself and surrendered. But what we're realizing is that that path of surrender and humility was in essence a path of fullness and wholeness and stepping into, into, into being a full human being. I discover from that thought that we inhabit our full humanity through the entrance of humility and surrender. Humility and surrender. Because we all come into this world already or we get to a point where we know who we are, we know who we are supposed to be, and we know what kind of life we want, and we go through life trying to make that happen. But perhaps we're being invited, just like Jesus who let go of deity. We have something to let go. Maybe all the notions and ideas of who we think we are. And the more we let that go, we lay hold of who Christ imagines us to be. We let go of our small self and we gain a hold of the Christ self. And we live from that place. And we live from that place. What a paradigm shift that is, right? Of course, it's not just easy to swap our minds just like that. Yeah, but the fact that, you know, all of scripture talks to us about a journey of formation and transformation. I want to uh, propose to you that the treasure in the oven, the heart of Christian spirituality is growing more and more into the Christ self, is putting that on taking that on more and more, more than whatever we will ever accomplish our lives? How are you increasingly growing into the Christ self? How are you becoming more and more who Christ imagines you to be? How are you being formed and transformed by that? You know, we are shaped and formed by so much as we live through our lives. Who you are today has a lot to do with our families of origin, our environment and culture of upbringing. The people whom we have met, as we through life, the education we've had, the experiences we've had, the influence of culture around us, the, all the experiences we've lived through have their say in who we are today, and especially the traumatic experiences. They tend, they inform what your current mind and what your current self is. Philippians two, verse five to eleven is telling us inviting us to a new space of being defined and redefined by something else, the Christ self. All that has shaped all who you are up until this very moment is okay, but it is not your full story. What would it look like to open your being, to open who you are, to open all that and say, Christ, define me, shape me. I've always thought I'm like this. You know, I was brought up like this. I am the son of so and so. All those things, right? They're not bad in themselves, but they're not the full story. They are still the human you. What would it look like to embrace more and more the Christ self? As he defines you at a deeper level, your identity, your thinking, your emotion, all that you think you are. Experienced through Christ prayerfully and allowing Christ to to shape it, to heal it, to transform it, and to and to renew you. Taking the mind of Christ is really being influenced at the core of your being by Jesus. Your ideology becomes Jesus. Your personality becomes Jesus. Your worldview is Jesus. Your main life principles become Jesus. Your in, all your thoughts and inclinations of your heart are experienced through the lens of Jesus. And so this is not just a passive process, but a very engaged embrace of who Jesus is, of who Jesus is. It is taking who you are and who you have become and allowing Christ to define and redefine that. And so we will need a very intentional opening of ourselves to Christ. Now that we realize the point of Christian, at the heart of Christian spirituality is Jesus. The treasure we seek is really taking on the Christ self. Then we begin responding to that, just opening up, exposing ourselves, allowing ourselves to be defined by Christ. You know, life and the world we live in are structured to keep you distracted, to keep you in the shallows, to keep you traveling to far distances, seeking the treasure. Yeah. but. You will have to restructure your life intentionally, so that there is time and space to swim and plunge the depths of connecting and communing with Christ. We do not catch the mind of Christ remotely; we put it on by being with Christ more and more, allowing His presence to dwell in us, to 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 plug in to the presence of Jesus more and more, and so. If that is the heart of our spirituality, then today, I just want to invite you to simple practices, daily time with God. And when I talk to people, I say, whatever that might begin to look like, it should include two things, prayer and scripture. Those should be core at the heart of it. Just open to yourself prayerfully. Commune with Christ. Sometimes there are prayers in there. Just keep praying, but let prayer grow to being, communing, and communion, being with Christ. One prayer that I love, and as I was thinking about this message, that should be part of our daily time with God is Psalm one twenty-three. Oh, sorry, Psalm 139, 23 to 24. Psalm 139, 23 to 24, and this is what it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. If putting on the Christ self is a goal, if we all come into this life broken and heavy laden and, you know, veering off so often from who God imagines us to be, then it helps every so often to say, God, search me. Search me, see my heart, see the places I cannot see for myself and draw me back to the way everlasting. So that becomes a way of growth. So prayer as communion, prayer as reorientation every so often so that we can increasingly put on the Christ self. And then scripture, scripture. I love the fact that scripture is the written word that always points to the living word. Yeah? We are to immerse ourselves in the story of Christ, in the person of Christ. Yeah? Um, it starts there, and then we seek to experience him. Not just to know about Christ, but to a deep experience of him. So, um, we are always informed by stories, by stories. I often marvel at my weekly report of screen time, right on the phone, you averaged four hours this past week, <laughs> per day, right? Following how the mandamanos are going, you know, trying to see what everyone is saying with such curiosity. yeah. But, but, you know, among that, if we can cut down some of that and allow scripture to be part of our formation, to be part of trying to help you see, that's what we're saying. yeah. Someone said, uh, I'm so grateful that, Uh, Our Christian faith did not come to us as, as a collection of theologies and doctrines, but it came to us as a story, as a story. What does it mean to be here? And then the story begins in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. And we need a larger story to immerse ourselves in. And so scripture is not just an obligation. It is an immersion in the story of God that we want to be part of participating in the story of God. And then I want to close when scripture and prayer, and then they grow, they become uniquely you, you cultivate them, they're part of your life. But at the heart of it, at the heart of it, I'd also want to mention an openness to the Holy Spirit. One of the marvels of our Christian spirituality is that Jesus comes and models so well what it looks like to live that life. He also positions himself you know, as the icon of our worship, but he also chooses to dwell in us and work in us and lead us through that journey. One of the things I want you to realize is that Christian spirituality is not about anything, achieving anything. It is simply about uh, God just working in us. It is, in fact, as you, we have read in Philippians chapter 2, it is a journey of surrendering more and more to God's will to God's love. Uh, you have nothing to achieve there. It is, it, is, it is all mercy and grace. And that is so freeing because today, we are going to be dismissed from church and we are going to, a few hours down the line, a few days into the week, we are going to discover how hopelessly we fail, right? Yeah, but even when we fail, we are reminded it is not about our efforts, It is about the Holy Spirit. And so at the heart of it, we have to remember that it's a journey of opening and surrendering to the Holy Spirit in us, to work in us, God's will and God's love, and to help us along that journey. And I also want to mention that ultimately, to take up the mind of Christ, the ultimate goal is that you end up shining the light of God as uniquely you as only you can It is not a dissolution of your uniqueness and identity. In fact, it is actually a taking away of whatever stands in the way of you being fully human, you being fully you. I love a quote by the ancient poet Rumi who says, your task is not simply to find love. Your task is to find within yourself all the defenses you've built against love. And it feels like such a definition of spirituality because often we build defenses even against God and to build defenses against God is really to live in a space of diminished humanity. And so to take on the Christ self is to step fully into your humanity. Think about people who've walked that journey. Jesus himself, such a full human being, such a blazing light. Paul after Jesus, Peter, two completely different people, but each walking their own path and race, fully embody, putting on the Christ self. Even in recent years, people like Martin Luther King Jr., you know, you're not called to be like any of them, but the more you take on the Christ self, the more you become deeply human, as David Berner says, and the more um, you experience the world through the heart of God and the more you participate into the life of God. So, beloved friends, Christian spirituality is taking on the mind of Christ. It is a journey of surrender and opening us ourselves up to being formed and shaped by who Christ is so that more and more, It is the Christ self in us that is alive, more than just the self we imagine ourselves to be. And that is a much greater space to be. And because this is a season of talking about who we are as a church, then our work as a church, our reason for existence is to empower you on that spiritual journey. In fact, perhaps to give you a spirituality that helps that human journey. So that when you leave this place, you can find yourself more open and attuned to God's presence. So to be the church we've been called to be is to lean into that kind of spirituality. And what a joy it is to do it together here as Journey ICC. And that's the invitation. Keep leaning, keep showing up, keep participating, and let us grow together and see who God shapes us to be. Amen? Let's pray. Our loving God, we are gathered in your presence this afternoon. We thank you. We thank you for the lives you've called us to live. We thank you for who you've made us to be. And today, we've been reminded that you are being called to something more. Not just the self we think ourselves to be, not just the self that culture and society has defined us to be, but the Christ self, the self that you created in us, the self that is most fully and wholly us. So I present my brothers and sisters to you, we who may be burdened and weary and wounded, we who struggle and fail in so many ways, that we can lean into that. That we can open ourselves to that invitation, Lord. That we can learn the posture of surrender and humility. The posture of welcoming your presence more and more. The posture of restructuring our lives so that more than anything, there's more time with you. There's more time in prayerful communion with you. There's more time in taking in the story of scriptures. Of being formed and informed by your love. So help us and teach us to know what that is, O Lord. Heal us, transform us. And more and more, let there be the Christ self in us. And I continue to pray your goodness and your blessing upon us. Encourage us and sustain us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.